This is Anshu Bahanda on Wellness Curated. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. My mission is to empower you with health and wellness so that you can then go and empower others. Today we have for you Deepak Anand, who has a wealth of knowledge and experience in the global cannabis industry. He served on the boards of various pharmaceutical associations across Canada, the United States and Europe. He's executive director for the Canadian National Medical Marijuana Association and he's adjunct professor at Kwatlen Polytechnic University where he wrote and taught Canada's first and only cannabis course. We got so much invaluable information today. Listen to this. There are several benefits of CBD. I mean, people find benefits in sleep. People find benefits in how their metabolism performs. People find benefits in their aches and pains. Uh, it can mm -hmm. be applied sort of topically. It can be ingested orally. There's many, many ways to be able to, uh, you know, consume uh, CBD on its own. Mm -hmm. Backache or a neck ache, there are topical ointments with CBD that people find beneficial uh, in many ways. Mm -hmm. There are, uh, you know, wounds that CBD is proven to be uh, healing. In fact, there are studies that CBD sort of impacts wound healing at a much faster rate than wounds would normally heal. So very quickly, I'll start. What is wellness to you? Wellness is a state of mind as well as a state of body and, and the two working together in harmony uh, and working together well. Uh, and that's what wellness is to me. And tell me, are hemp and cannabis the same thing? So first of all, you know, hemp is a subspecies of cannabis. Uh, I think the biggest and most important thing is that, uh, you know, hemp is, is part of cannabis. It's a variety of cannabis. It's a type of cannabis. It comes to the same plant. Um, cannabis rudralis is, is, is sort of the mother plant, if you will. And then there's various species within that plant. Uh, hemp is just one variety of cannabis. But I think people often confuse cannabis from, um, you, you know, as being THC and, and being things that give you the psychoactive high, which we'll talk about. But people are often confused between THC and uh, and cannabis being this separate thing and then hemp being this right. other thing, whereas really it's all it's all the same plant and it's 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 all one thing effectively. Uh, and so hemp is a is a subspecies of the cannabis plant, uh, specifically cannabis rudralis. So hemp is a subspecies of the cannabis rudralis plant. Can you explain what are the other parts of the plant? Yeah, for sure. Cannabis is a is a plant like any any other plant. There's you know leaves, stalks, stems, all all those sorts of traditional things. But I think mm -hmm. the two most important things that people should generally keep in mind are, are are colas and trichomes. And this is not specific to cannabis, but I think particularly in the context of cannabis, I think it's important because uh, you know cola is sort of uh, what is known as commonly as that bud or that nug that that typically is stands at the, uh, at the top of the flower. It's, it's effectively the flowering part of the cannabis plant. And then trichomes are basically the little um, kind of frosting-like uh, things that come off of the, uh, off, the, off the flower themselves. But I think the two most important things that people probably should keep in mind is, is just cola and trichomes generally. And these two are what a lot of the products we're talking about are made from? 
Yeah, so typically THC and CBD, which are the two major kind of cannabinoids, or the most important cannabinoids uh, in, in the plant, are uh, derived from this specific area of the plant, as opposed to uh, the leaves and, and the stem. So the leaves and stem, of course, carry CBD and THC and a whole bunch of other cannabinoids within it. But uh, these specific colas and trichomes are really where a lot of the, lot of the, the active ingredient of the API is actually extracted from when, when it comes to CBD or THC. And what exactly is CBD? I never fully understood that. So CBD stands for cannabidiol. Um, it's, it's basically one of several hundreds of cannabinoids that we're actively learning about. Uh, you know, the plant has over 400 known cannabinoids, and it's the one that is psychoactive, um, but not impairing. And, and so it's, uh, you know, a lot of people use it for therapeutic purposes. So you're saying it's psychoactive. Will you explain that? For sure. You know, one of the most sort of common myths about CBD is, is that, it, it, you know, it's not psychoactive, but in fact, it is psychoactive. And, and psychoactivity stands for anything that sort of, you know, alters um, and, and has implications on, on the brain and, you know, things that actually break the blood brain barrier. So that is what psychoactivity kind of stands for. And so CBD, uh, like THC, which are two kind of common ingredients in the cannabis plant, are, are both psychoactive. And, and CBD is a psychoactive element of the plant. And can CBD be addictive at all? No, I mean, CBD on its own generally is not known to be addictive. I think you start to talk about things that CBD is added to that can cause an addictive feeling, much like, you know, depending on where you are, I, I'm in North America, you're in the UK. Uh, you know, in the UK, there's a number of products that CBD is added to. So you talk about gummies, you talk about chocolates, candies, those sorts of things. And so there's a number of things that uh, get, you know, CBD gets added to. And, and of course, I mean, you know, you could get addicted to uh, the, the sugar element. Uh, and, and so, you know, there's different components. It depends how CBD is actually consumed that could add an addictive uh, effect to it. But on its own as a compound, uh, if you take it as an oil, for example, it doesn't really taste very pleasant. And I personally can't see how people would get addicted to something like that because it actually tastes quite bad if you were to just take CBD on its own. And what are the main benefits of CBD? Uh, I mean, so CBD is, is, is known to have, you know, tons and tons of benefits. Uh, the one thing that I will caution is, uh, you know, it's not a panacea of, of in many ways. A lot of people think it's a panacea in, in the sense that it's going to be the silver bullet that's going to cure a whole bunch of diseases. And let me be the first to tell you that that's not the case. Having said that, there are several benefits of CBD I and mean, people find benefits in sleep. People find benefits in uh, kind of, you know, how their metabolism performs. People find benefits in their aches and pains. Uh, it can mm -hmm. be applied sort of topically. It can be ingested orally. There's many, many ways to be able to, uh, you know, consume uh, CBD on its own. Mm -hmm. Backache or a neck ache, there are topical ointments with CBD that people find beneficial uh, in many ways. Mm -hmm. There are, uh, you know, wounds that CBD is proven to be uh, healing. In fact, there are studies currently being done by Dauber Research Group in India. And so, you know, they're conducting research that sort of impacts wound healing at a much faster rate than wounds would normally heal. So we're learning more and more about it. As more and more research conduct is conducted, there's much more that we're learning uh, about CBD and generally about its uh, applications. But there's a number of therapeutic applications. And anecdotally, people find a lot of benefit in it. So a lot of people say that they can sleep better once they've consumed CBD. So we're seeing now anecdotally a lot of that happen as well. It's not harmful for people who take it to go to sleep? 
Yeah, so I, I would say again, you know, just like any other uh, product that you'll be consuming, I mean, knowing that that cannabis and CBD, which of, which CBD is part of cannabis, it, it is psychoactive and it does have implications. It's always better to check with your physician uh, around consuming anything, starting a new regimen as it relates to mm -hmm. uh, any kind of products. And so I would caution uh, sort of my comments with that and saying always check with your physician. So, you know, people do find benefits with sleep uh, as it relates to CBD. Often CBD is added to uh, many other things that, you know, induce sleep, such as melatonin as an example. Mm -hmm. And depending on where you are, melatonin is legal, at least in North America, you can get over the counter and people are mixing CBD with it. And people find that mm -hmm. uh, this fat added element of CBD actually benefits them sleeping. So it really varies from person to person. But anecdotally, we're seeing a lot of feedback from people saying that CBD works. In many other cases, THC is proven to be beneficial for sleep. So it really depends on the person, the metabolism, the compound. It depends what other ailments you have. But generally, uh, you know, there seems to be a lot of anecdotal evidence around CBD helping, uh, helping sleep. You'd mentioned pain relief. CBD is used for pain relief. That uh, can you just use it rather than ingest it? Can you use it topically? Depending on the market, of course, that you're in. And, and this is, again, where it gets very nuanced because despite, you know, can Canada having legalized CBD and cannabis for the last three years, it's still very hard to get topical products over the counter. In the UK, it's very easy to get topical CBD products. So yes, it can be used topically. Uh, it, it is been proven so far to be safe, although there have been extensive studies being performed on this. But generally, it is proven to be safe so far based on the products that are currently on the market. And, and yes, there's a lot of uh, therapeutic applications that people find beneficial on CBD. Uh, I know, for, like, just as an anecdotal um, uh, point, you know, my wife uses uh, CBD topically, and it helps a lot with her muscle pains. And so uh, I see a lot of people uh, using it for that purpose. And tell me something, Deepak, what scientific evidence do we have? I mean, have there been a lot of studies that have been done? Because Cannabis has been around for centuries, right? And CBD also now has been around for a while. Yeah. So, you know, the research, uh, you know, Anshu is, uh, is still developing in this area. You know, cannabis generally, as we talked about the cannabis plant at the outset, the problem with uh, sort of the, the criminalization of cannabis so far has been that the, the research that has been able to be done on it has been severely stifled because we've sort of, you know, taken this poor plant and put it into a category of uh, sort of, you know, all these banned substances or quote unquote drugs. Uh, and have, as a result, taken out all of the therapeutic aspects of it and the ability for people to be able to research it. I mean, when I got into the cannabis industry, you know, eight, nine years ago, it was very few people trying to do research because even if you wanted to do research, if you were a, a licensed institute that wasn't going to sell this product that only wanted to take a look at the, uh, the relevant aspects from a medicinal perspective, you weren't able to, depending on the country that you were in, because it was illegal at the federal level. So with respect to research, yes, a lot has is, is already been done. There's you know, hundreds of studies already out there, many of them on CBD specifically. Uh, but as we start to decriminalize this on a global basis, more and more countries are now starting to come online and saying, let's actually understand and do some research on this and understand what the therapeutic benefits are. And so a lot of studies are actually taking place on CBD. And so far, we haven't seen anything sort of negative come out. You know, there's been this misnomer that people will sort of, you know, be driving off walls. I mean, you know, cannabis has been legal in this country for the last three years, and we haven't been seeing people, you know, sort of going crazy in the world hasn't fallen, sky hasn't fallen. Um, and so generally nothing, nothing super negative so far uh, as it relates to, uh, you know, the negative impacts of CBD and, and cannabis. This is Anshu Bahanda. You can find our podcast Wellness Curated on Apple, Spotify and a host of other channels. Can you tell me what you think are the main harmful effects or side effects 
of CBD? There aren't really, as I was saying, a lot of known kind of harmful side effects of CBD. There, there really isn't very much that is actually known. It depends on the metabolism. It depends on the ailments that people have. There could be negative impacts on the liver for certain groups of people. But again, they're very isolated and they're very limited to very specific kind of diseases and ailments. I think generally, uh, if you were to put a blanket coverage, there, there isn't a huge negative side effect of CBD. Uh, generally, people have seen more positive side effects. Now, of course, there are people with mental health. There are certainly people that are might be under the age uh, you know, of 18 that might not want to consume cannabis generally, in some cases, CBD more specifically, depending on their ailments and diseases. But, but generally, uh, you know, there, there isn't any sort of major uh, side effect or, or, or outcome from that perspective. And is there something which says that CBD should not be t taken by people who have low blood pressure? Again, haven't really seen uh, any studies myself. Uh, I would always recommend people with uh, higher or low blood pressure check with their physician and uh, kind of get the best advice from the physician, you know, depending on what other drugs you might be taking. Uh, there might be an impact that CBD could have uh, with respect to uh, other medications. So it's always good to kind of check with the physician. I think it's very hard to give specific examples when and where CBD should and should not be taken. And so it's always best that people check with their physician around uh, advice on, on taking CBD. Okay, wonderful. And tell me, does it, does it make the appetite go up by any chance? So cannabis, I think, and this is where most people can confuse CBD with, with CHC and cannabis generally. And I think what we've done is, and the UK specifically in Europe more generally, has sort of bifurcated these two things. And is like I said at the, at the outset, treating cannabis as the separate plant and then there's hemp and cbd as the separate plant mm -hmm. uh and so now we're only going to focus on cbd because because of regulations that's not the case i think if you're truly if you if you're someone that has uh true sleep issues and that might have other ailments thc could actually be super beneficial in not just getting you stoned or high, that's what it's typically known for on the recreational side, but on the medicinal side, it does actually help with the sleep element and the appetite element as an example. So a lot of people that are coming off of chemotherapy or, uh, or have a lot right. of nausea, usually find a lot of appetite sort of stimulating effects that actually THC has more than CBD. So oh, it, it, see, and this I is see. where you really need to look at cannabis as a whole uh, because there's something within the plant that's known as the entourage effect. And what the entourage okay. effect is, that all of these cannabinoids that we were speaking about earlier, THC, CBD, CBG, CBN, all work together in the body to create this melody, if you will, of many sorts, to be able to add that therapeutic effect. In many cases, it could be uh, sleep. In some cases, it could be pain relief. Uh, it, you know, the, the science and the jury is still out with respect to whether we should be looking at isolated cannabinoids, uh, THC on its own, THCD on its own, CBD, uh, you know, on its own, or we should be looking at this as an entourage effect. And I think generally people are finding that the entourage effect, which is a combination of all these cannabinoids, both THC mm -hmm. and CBD, is what's actually proving to be beneficial so far. Ah, interesting. Very interesting. And tell me, you earlier you mentioned, you know, that there's a lot of myths around CBD. Can you tell us what is like the biggest myth that you want people to know about? There's a common uh, sort of myth that CBD is not psychoactive. And uh, and CBD actually is psychoactive. Uh, it's just not impairing. I think when people are trying to differentiate THC and CBD, THC is the one that is psychoactive and impairing. It causes that sort of alcoholic type impairment effect that you will have when you consume alcohol, whereas CBD, on the other hand, is still psychoactive. It's just not impairing. So I think when people are trying to okay. say it's not psychoactive, they actually mean to say it's not impairing, but there is a drastic difference between impairment and psychoactivity. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things that people should learn. 
It's been, you know how CBD has been known to help people with mental health conditions. So why is it not used more in mainstream medicine, if that is the case? You know, mental health in cannabis is generally a subject that requires a lot more research. I wouldn't feel comfortable uh, making the conclusion or drawing any conclusions that CBD definitively helps people with mental health or doesn't help people with mental health. I think that generally, you know, some some researchers and, and particularly those that are dealing with mental health do have some uh, harmful implications, not of CBD on its own, but certainly with cannabis. So I would caution uh, people with mental health to, to definitely look at their uh, to their physician and, and get advice from their physician around uh, consuming any ca cannabinoid products, whether it be THC or CBD. Uh, but mental health is, is an area that I think we need to you know do a lot more research on. And there is a lot of research being done currently around uh, the different cannabinoids in mental health. But it's one that uh, you know we still definitely haven't proven if it does or doesn't cure certain illnesses. And I think that is the hard part a little bit with cannabis is that we know anecdotally and and many patients report that they feel much better when they mm -hmm. consume cannabis but the, the challenge is when you go to a physician is like okay tell me definitively it cures this disease tell me how many milligrams tell me how many times i should be taking it a day and prove to me that you know 10 milligrams taken twice daily is going to help and unfortunately we're just not there uh, with respect to where, where cannabis is, where, you know, a lot more research is needed uh, to be able to get to that point. But, uh, and I suspect that we will get to that point, but we're not there yet. That's actually very, very useful information. There's so much we don't know about the subject. One of the things people just say is, yes, it helps. You know, it's been known to help. So it's good to know we're not definitively there yet. Generally, it's, it's much safer than many other things that people put into their body, including, you know, alcohol and, and tobacco in many cases. Uh, I would like to clarify uh, for those that might not, might not know, you don't have an alcohol system in your body. You don't have a tobacco system in your body, meaning when you consume alcohol, they aren't receptors that are actually doing things within your body. When you, strep this, when you smoke a cigarette, nothing's going off in your lungs despite, besides carcinogens that's going to ne negatively impact you. On cannabis, we all have an endocannabinoid system. Each and every human being and animal, no physician is sort of saying, no, you know, you have a liver, but you don't have an endocannabinoid system. There's no debate. And so when you look at getting an exogenous compound, meaning something outside the body, to have an impact on that endocannabinoid system, and that is what cannabinoids are. Breast milk, as an example, has cannabinoids within it. So we have naturally producing cannabinoids in our own body. And I think it's very important to be at least aware of that. And I think the challenge that we see in medical schools today is we don't have any conversations happening about the endocannabinoid system. I mean, could you imagine, Anshu, if you were to go to a physician and you were to have an issue with a certain part of your body and the doctor's like, sorry, I don't know about that because I was never taught about it. It's just not acceptable. And so I think this is why we need to be demanding more physicians actually start to educate themselves around the endocannabinoid system because there is no disputing that we have it in our body. We just need to learn what it does and how it impacts it. So now this is very interesting. Why aren't there enough conversations and enough research? Why isn't there enough research about the endocannabinoid system in our bodies? Yeah, you know, part of this is, is really been the war on drugs. I think what we've done is we've taken this plant, as I said, you know, earlier and, and put it into this box of drugs and, you know, just drugs, bad, pharmaceuticals, good type type situation, which we've basically accepted for many, many years. And that's not true. And so I think, and that's created a, a lot of stigma around, particularly around physicians. Uh, so that's one part of the challenge is the war on drugs has kind of, you know, led to the stigma that hasn't really helped the cause. The second is, the issue, as I was saying earlier, is we haven't really gotten a lot of studies that shows 
what the negative side effects are, what the, you know, how many milligrams of a certain cannabinoid taken how many times a day is going to help, right? I think that's how physicians are used to thinking. Mm -hmm. They're not used to thinking, let's look at this holistically. Let, let's look mm -hmm. at, you know, this as everything, including everything you put into your body, including the food that you eat that may not have any pharmaceutical implications, but has other implications in your body. I think physicians are not taught to think that way. And so I think the combination of those two aspects, both stigma as well as sort of this, uh, you know, lack of certainty definitively points pointing uh, with, with very, very high and specific degrees of specificity around, uh, you know, what the, what the cannabinoid content should be has led to uh, sort of a, a holding back, if you will, of this. But now what you're seeing generally in the population is people are saying, all right, enough with this. You know, I find CBD to be beneficial to me. I understand there could be some impacts, but I'm okay taking that chance because if I feel better at night, I can sleep at night. It reduces my back pain. It helps me with my nausea. I'm going to go ahead and do that. And who are you to tell me that I can't do that? And now what you're seeing is, you know, years and years and years later, people have been consuming CBD, whether people like it or not, whether it's good or not, people have been consuming it and the sky hasn't fallen. So, uh, you know, that's, that, that's sort of where we're at. Um, now tell me, also people are told, I mean, or people feel like it turns their body alkaline. I don't know if this is another myth, that it prevents disease by taking it. I know you're saying it's not a panacea. It's not doesn't sort out all kinds of issues. And also, how do you suggest people try it? Yeah, look, I can't speak to the alkalinity. I, I don't believe that it is. Uh, but, but again, I can't speak to things that I might not know. Uh, so I'll reserve that for obviously a healthcare practitioner or a physician to comment on. With respect to how much people should take, I mean, generally, you know, the advice generally in the cannabis space, whether it be CBD or THC is start low, go slow. You know, there's, there really isn't a lot of negative impact if you were to take a high dose of, of CBD generally or THC for that matter, despite having some outcomes like, uh, you know, uh, not being able to be operative completely for some time, there isn't really a lot of negative side effects, meaning it isn't going to cause permanent damage, if you will, in, in organs of your body. But again, it's always beneficial to check with your physician around uh, taking any, any new item or any new sort of, you know, exogenous product that you might be consuming, including, uh, including CBD. I, I'd say generally what people should know is, you know, start low, go slow, uh, you know, take a small dosage, try it out, see how you feel. Obviously, check out the legality of, of where you're located and whether you can or cannot have that product on you and, you know, start low, go slow. That's actually very useful. Um, now tell me, what advice do you have? This is my last question to you. What advice do you have for people listening in? Don't think of CBD generally uh, as a panacea. Uh, it is not this miracle drug that's going to cure every single illness. You could consume this product just so you feel better. Uh, and there's a difference between getting better and feeling better. And it's okay to be consuming that uh, for that purpose. And you know, there's been a lot of myths around uh, the cannabis plant generally that uh, people should take with a grain of salt. Also on the flip side, I will say that cannabis is not a benign substance generally. Uh, and it does have negative effects, particularly on developing brains. So people under the age of 18 might want to be very cautious around their consumption of cannabis generally. Uh, and so, you know, again, before you take anything, you know, be sure to check with your physician around what you should be taking or not taking or how much you should be taking. But also on the flip side, it's, you know, maybe not as harmful as, as tobacco or alcohol. But uh, again, know what you're adjusting, where you're buying these products from, making sure that they're safe, tested and, and we're regulated. Thank you, Deepak. That was such a brilliant chat. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the Wellness Curated podcast. Please subscribe and tell your friends and family about it. And here's to you leading your best life.